Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Well, again, good morning. If you have your Bibles, let's turn, let's open them up, let's use them this morning. Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, give you a moment to find your place. Romans chapter 5, I've been in a um, series of of thought dealing with um, freedom, and we've, you know, established, and we all know this, the greatest freedom that we can ever experience is not the the freedom of land, uh, or or even the freedom of speech, or the freedom of anything that is horizontal. Uh, to us, but the freedom that comes uh, from divine grace, freedom that comes from Christ, which is a, a freedom that comes vertically um, from Jesus Himself. And so I'm thankful this morning that I can say that I am free. When I say I'm free, I mean I'm saying I'm free in Christ. And I, I pray that you can say the very same thing today. There's no greater, no greater words that can come off your tongue as, as this that I'm free indeed. I'm free in Christ. Um, Romans chapter 5, I want to pick up in verse 12 and read through verse 21, okay? Um, And I'm going to share with you um, a poll that was recently taken. Some of you have already seen this probably. Um, I shared this on our family page on Facebook, but I want to share it to you as a group. And thinking about 150 years of ministry and thinking about going forward. This poll uh, disturbed me and uh, really uh, is a driving motivation behind preaching through this text today, okay? And so uh, I'll share that with you in just a moment, but let's read God's Word, all right? Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, and then we'll read through verse 21, okay? If you're there, say amen. All right. God's Word says this, Wherefore, as by one man... Sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, or after the same way Adam had sin, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. I want you to hold on to that verse 15, okay? For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, 
But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one. And you say his name with me, ready to begin, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came unto, you say the next two words with me, ready to begin, all men, unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, let's say the rest of verse 20, uh, verse 20 together, ready to begin. Grace did much more abound. Last verse. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by, and you say it with me, Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you so much. Amen and amen to that. Let's pray. Father God, I'm, I'm thankful for this time once again to stand behind your pulpit. Uh, Father, I uh, ask you to uh, help me as I always need your help. I ask you, Father, to also help my, uh, my lungs to endure this morning. I pray that you would hold back any kind of cough or distraction from my body to those that are listening to your word. Um, Father, I'm, I'm humbled uh, by the reading of this text. I, my heart rejoices over the truths that are here. But what saddens me, Father, is that there are many that do not adhere to the truth that this, this portion of your word has revealed to us today. Not just this portion, but the entire canon of Scripture from cover to cover all converges on this truth about Jesus Christ. And Father, it's my prayer that everything that is said by me um, as I follow you, that would edify your people, that would give them assurance of their faith, that would reassure their confidence in Christ, and that if there's someone that is not saved, if they've not been born again, if they've never trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, I pray today they would hear the gospel clearly, that they would see their sin clearly, and they would come before you with confession from their heart of their sin and wickedness and confession of faith alone in Christ alone. Because only then are, do you give them eternal life and forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Father, for Christ. Once again, help me to disappear so they only hear your voice. And I pray all this in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, Amen. The title of the message this morning is this. Is freedom found in Jesus alone? In other words, Jesus plus nothing minus nothing. Is that 
Is he the person? And, and I think that what's at stake, which is man's soul, I think we need to be answering that question. Amen? You may say, well, I learned this in Sunday school. I know that. That's great. Let's reaffirm that. That's, let, let, let's rejoice in that. But there are some, there are many in our nation that do not believe that. Here's the poll I was telling you about. Um, this, this poll come from a magazine, I guess, the Baptist Voice. and um, It said, of a recent poll among professed Christians... Profess, meaning they declare they're Christians. They're born again. They're going to heaven. 60% don't believe that salvation is in Christ alone. That, that disturbs me. That should disturb you. That should break your heart today. Of professed Christians, what that means is this, is that they have true confidence in the means of which they say they are forgiven, they're made right with God, they are justified before the Father, and they're going to heaven. 60% of these say it is not in Christ alone. Dear friend, the Bible says it's in Christ alone. Um, This this disturbs me. Um, When I I think about the, the eve of our anniversary service, I know I'm not preaching that message, but I'll preach a little bit of it today um, by encouraging you that if someone fails of getting this message out about the truth of salvation, it's the church. If someone fails, it's us. It's the Christians. Those that have the truth, uh, we say we know the truth, we believe it, but folks, we need to be able to explain it. We need to be sharing it. It's not enough to help the world for you just to believe it. It must go from your heart to their heart. Um, You are a vessel, a vessel unto honor, not to dishonor. Is freedom found in Christ alone? 60% of this poll said no. But what are we saying? What has Clear Spring said for 150 years? Yes, it is. You know what we say today? Yes, it is. You know what we need to say tomorrow and the next 150 years, God willing? Yes, it is. And so I want us to look at this passage this morning and let us leave. Let us leave knowing that true soul freedom comes from faith alone in Christ alone. Amen? That's what I want you to leave with today. Child of God, leave knowing this so you can share it. If you're an unbeliever, put your faith in Christ today and become a witness for Christ. That's what, I, that's what the desire of my heart, and I pray that you will listen to God's word today as we understand this very truth. Before we start, I want you to pay attention to some words that we're going to see today. One is the word one. It's important. The word one you're going to find is used 11 times in this passage. And you're going to find the key idea here in, in, in Romans chapter 5 is this identification of someone named Adam. Y'all know who Adam is. Garden of Eden, Adam. And then the identification of what's called the second Adam or Jesus Christ himself. Two men are highlighted here. Adam and Christ. You're going to also see this word reigning or reign. 
depending on which one you're resting in, Adam or Christ, that determines who is reigning over your soul. It's important that you pay attention to that. And last but not least, and we'll get started, there's a phrase that you must pay attention to. And it's a phrase uh, that you're going to find here, much more. Much more. You see it in verse 20. You'll see it somewhere else there as we've read. Much more. Now, I want you to, to go and, and look at verse 15 just for, just for a moment. And then uh, we're going to start looking at these verses individually. Verse 15. This really drives the title and the thought about Christ being different. It says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. What he's saying is this. The offense, the, the guiltiness of man... The depravity of man, the deadness of our soul, separation from God did come from one man. Now, the gift is not like that, but it, it, the free gift does come from one man. The God-man, Jesus Christ. What he's saying here, it's not as Adam did, but he is one man bringing something completely different than what Adam brought to the human race. And I'm excited about the difference that Jesus is in compared to Adam. If Jesus was the same as Adam, folks, we have no salvation. But dear friend, Jesus is much different. Jesus is completely different. He's the difference that you need today. You need something different than what you bring naturally for your own self. You need someone that is divine, that is perfect, that is pure. And is the second Adam... And his name is Jesus Christ. Now i got two points for you I want you to see. One is this. In you alone, there is guilt. In you alone, there is guilt. As you back up and you look at these verses in verse 12, coming down through verse 14, it says that by one man sin entered in the world and death. By sin and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Right? And so we find that death reigned from Adam to Moses. There is death that came. The law of God had not been written down and given in that sense as Moses gave it. But death was happening between Adam and Moses. The, 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 what, the, the wages of sin was being paid for the entire time. Man was Guilty. Go, you all know this. The story of Adam in the garden. That he broke God's law there. And because of that, he is our racial head today. Adam is. And so we all are guilty through sin. You say, I don't believe in sin. Well, have, you, have you told the lie of the smallest degree? Have you had the least bit of selfishness in your life? Dear friends, you're a sinner. You are guilty. You alone there is nothing good enough you can bring by yourself that makes you right with God. Nothing about yourself is right with God when it's just you alone. Or you a part of the equation at all. There's religions out there that says that you play a part in your salvation. 
You play a part. It is your work. It is your religion. It is this. And then Christ is just the final bow, if you will, that makes it all the complete package that your soul needs. Dear friends, you are barren. You are bankrupt. You are empty. The, you alone brings no hope for you. That's a pretty bad situation, isn't it? That's a pretty sad message. That's not a very hopeful message. But that is what Adam has done to us. Our sin nature has come from Adam. And dear friends, we have come and we have committed sin. We have broken God's law. Who believes that man has broken God's law? And what does that mean? You are guilty. Before God, we are guilty. Look at verse 14. Let me just reread re re read verse 14 again. Nevertheless, what's the next two words? Death reigned. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over them that did not sin after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that was to come. Alright, it says here that death reigned. You've got one of two kings ruling your soul. It's either you, which means it's death. Separation from God, that's what's ruling you. Death is ruling over you as the king of your soul, or there is life. Either life is reigning in you, or death is reigning in you. And let me just tell you, as we have read, because of Adam's sin, we are connected to Adam as he is our racial head. Therefore, death reigns over us. It is sitting on the throne of our soul. It reigns. And it is there, desiring to stay. But aren't you thankful that Christ's desire, the good will of God, or the grace of God, does not desire that anyone should perish, or that any of us would continue with that kind of king over our soul? I remember back 22 years ago, when I come to the understanding that death was reigning over me. It was ruling me. I was its slave. I was bound to death. The, death. the death of my soul. I was bound to death. And dear friends, I was thankful that, that wasn't, there wasn't a dead end road for me. But there was a road to hope. To, to salvation. To life. To peace. And his name is Jesus. In you alone there is guilt. But what we're going to spend the most of our time is here. In Christ alone, there is freedom. In you alone, there is guilt. But in Christ alone, there is freedom. And I'm thankful that freedom is found in Jesus Christ. Let's look at these verses. I'm, I'm not here to just tell you this. It's because I'm a pastor. Well, then it must be right. No, 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 no. I want us to look at these verses and let us leave here today knowing, helping the other 60% be able to declare freedom is in Christ alone, by faith alone. Amen? So let, let's unpack this together. We're going to look at verse 15. In verse 15, as I've already said, you need something far different than what you can bring yourself. And it comes from grace or the goodwill of God and His name is Jesus but if, if, if Jesus is where freedom is, then he has to be so much more different, right? He has to be so much more different than Adam. Completely different. 
What does the Bible say? Let's look at, look at verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. There is a huge difference between Adam and Jesus. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. Do you see the power of, this, of what sin has done to humanity? One man's sin, many. That's another one saying the, the great multitude. All right? The great multitude has died. Sin. All right? The offense. One many be dead. Notice this. Let's say this together. Much more the grace of God. You see that phrase? Much more. Much different. He's far exceeding what Adam did. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace. Which is by, here's that word, one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. The abundance in verse 15. Much more the grace of God. And then it says the gift of I want you to understand here. Do you all remember? We, we talk about this at Christmas time. The angel said, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward who? Man, goodwill. That's what grace is. The grace of God is the goodwill of God toward men. And, and, and what came from grace is Christ. And so we find here in verse 15, this this grace of God, the goodwill, was so grand that he sent Christ, which is the product of his grace, the, the, the materialization, the, the, the embodiment of God, which is in the flesh. He came, and what he did was so much more than what Adam did. One man, Jesus Christ. The gift, freedom, salvation by grace. I'll share with you John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Do you see the phrase in verse 15? But much more. That's the same way he's saying as John said. I've come to give them life. Life more abundantly. There is continuity with scripture talking about Christ. Much more Jesus is than Adam. Freedom is in Christ alone because he is the product of the grace of God or the goodwill of God. That's an exciting thing. Look at verse 16. Not as it was by one that sinned. So we see, you hear, notice this. Now, it is one man, but not as that man. They're much different. Much different. And not as... It was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. The judgment, condemnation. Folks, that's where we all stood. Before I trusted Christ, I stood condemned before a holy, righteous, pure, and, and, and just God. That's, that's who I was. That's who you were before you trusted Christ. That's who you are if you've never trusted Christ. You are condemned in the eyes of God. In verse 16 it tells us that. We bring, here, we bring condemnation. Jesus brings justification. I'm just before. Can I, let me just explain that word to you. I don't ever like to assume that everybody knows what these terms mean. 
So let me just give you the definition. Justification. It's a legal decision. We're talking about heavenly legal decision here. A legal decision in a criminal case stating that an accused person is in, notice this, full accordance with the requirements of the law. Let that sink in. We're talking about us as guilty sinners that we, we cannot let a day that goes by that we don't sin multiple times before God. And this justification, this gift, sets us up in a position where we meet every requirement of, from the holy God of heaven. It positions us to be justified, meeting all his requirements. But it is not what I bring. It is not what I can do. It is not my work that justifies me. But it is the work I receive from one who did the work I couldn't do. And his name is Jesus. He was born. He, was, he lived a life I could not live. He died and rose again. And God, and, and, and God was satisfied. And so therefore Jesus alone is able to take your dead, undeserving, separated, guilty soul. And guess what? He's able to take you and bring you before a God who is holy and righteous and just and perfect. And set you before Him, meeting all His requirements. Can we not say thank you, Lord? Do you realize how big that is? I think some of us aren't going to get excited about that until we see what we've missed. But I encourage you, let's get excited about it now. That we have, can miss hell because Christ did all the work to make me, make me right with the Father. He had to make me that. I couldn't make myself that. The potter, the great potter, amen, which is Christ. Is able to take the clay and make it what it needs to be made as Jesus is the free gift. Look at verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. You might think, well, I can, I can, I can get out from under that, that reigning of death on my own. It's not what God said. Death reigned. One man brought death in and it reigns on all men. It is the king of your soul without Christ. But death reigned due to a mortal man's sin. But notice this. After the semicolon in verse 17, what's the next two words, church? For as by one man, or verse 17, for as by one man's offense, death reigned by one. And then what's the next two words? Much more. I love seeing that. Much more. They which receive abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness shall reign in what? Life by one Jesus Christ. Um, so grace is the outworking. Grace, grace is, another way of saying grace is the good will. The good will of God has brought Jesus Christ. In Christ alone we receive the gift of righteousness. We receive the abundance of His graces. We receive the gift of righteousness. Now notice this. Notice this. 
Do you see who is reigning in life at the end of that verse? Death reigned because of Adam. And it reigns over you. You are in bondage. You are in chains. You are being reigned over. You are in death. Spiritual death. But when one receives the abundance of grace, and one receives the gift of righteousness, notice this, that person shall reign in life by one. And his name is who? Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm able to reign in this life. I'm able to be born again. We reign with Christ. In the future, we, we are going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. But when we're born again, we're able to reign in this life. <clears throat> and that's only by Jesus Christ, the believers. Look at verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon how many men? All men. It's a condemnation. The offense of one, judgment came. I, I remember, and I'm so thankful God allows me to remember this, and you remember this too, the moment you come to understand that. I, I, had, I had fear come over me. Desperation come over me. The fact that I stood condemned, and I look at that verse, that judgment, judgment was upon me. The judgment of God, the Father of heaven. His judgment, future wrath, I was going to face. Folks, we're not talking about incarceration here on earth. We're not talking about spending some jail time. We're not talking about, uh, you know, your license being suspended. We're not talking about things like that. We're talking about the, the, the wrath of of the God of heaven on your soul. We're talking about what follows that. Eternity in hell. Eternity in the lake of fire. Paying that punishment for eternity. That's what we're talking. We're not talking about prison time. We're talking about an eternity of paying a debt in a place where you burn for eternity. Folks, we're, we're talking about a Savior who came and did where the first man failed, the second Adam was successful, and his name is Jesus. The first Adam brought the judgment of the Father on you because of sin. Sin brings judgment on us. But you find in verse 18, Even so, by the righteousness of how many? One. The free gift came upon all men. Unto justification of life. A free gift. We say a phrase all the time. God is good all the time and all the time. In other words, we're saying that God is gracious. Grace is God's goodwill. How dare a people point fingers at God and say, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. I pray that you never do that because by this passage alone, God does love you and God does care for you. Why? Because His goodwill sent one that was able to bring you from death to life, from being guilty to being justified, from heading toward hell to now on your way to heaven by one. God could have left you to try to work it out all by yourself. But God knew you could not. And God sent Christ 
the gift performs this unique work in your soul, and it's called justification. And let me just say this this morning. 150 years. You know what that tells me about this gift of being justified, this being born again, this uh, being forgiven, being in Christ? You're given life. That's true. But it also produces a new kind of life in you and through you. New life means that you live out that life. There's motivation, there's desire, there's new purpose, all put into you as well. There's a 150-year testimony of that. <coughs> there's been building projects. I've been, through, I've been looking through the archives of this church. I've been uh, getting, getting photos together and, and looking and looking at records and people that truly were born again, truly living out that new life. And we see the gospel reaching Russell County for 150 years. This life, this freedom, listen to me. This freedom frees you, yes, from the bondage of sin and heading toward hell. But listen, dear Christian, it frees you to serve Christ. It frees you to live out a true new purpose, a purpose that has eternal value. It's not just to receive Christ and then sit on my tail and then just live for myself. No, it is a freeing gift from the chains of sin and the selfishness of my flesh. Dear friend, that's life. That's what it means, new life. It is new from the inside to the outside. There is fruit of life. If a tree is living, guess what it bears? Fruit. It bears fruit. There's evidences. Dear friend, there's nothing more that I want for you than this, is that you truly know Christ alone as your Savior. You look at verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And it continues and continues, and God is driving this nail. God is driving this truth. Get this righteous person, his work, not mine. It's not the work of religion. It's not the work of the offering you give or the baptism that you, that, that you take part in and this baptismal bull. It's the work of Christ on the cross and his resurrection put to your account. Amen. That is where freedom is found. His actions, his morals, his work makes you righteous. In verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I look at a crowd of people this morning, and I see a bunch of people with different sins. Not to say that I know your sins, I'm not saying that. But all of you have sin in your life. Some of you may have more than others, I don't know. They probably look different. Can I tell you something? What's exciting about grace is this. There's not a depth, there's not a depth of sin. There, there's not a place where you can plunge down into sin where grace can't pull you out. Grace does much more abound. Where sin abounds. Paul understood that. 
He said, I'm the chiefest. I was plunged deeper into the, the sin of religion. I was taking, bringing people to their death. All that I did flew in the face of Jesus Christ, and grace pulled me out. If you want to know what abounds to the point of bringing you to freedom of your soul, it's the grace of God. It is Christ alone. And Christ says, it's not my will any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And I'm thankful that grace made the difference that my soul needed but it was a grace that came only from God. There has never been a collection of sin that grace could not exceed, even your sin today. Even my sin today. Can I say hallelujah to that? Can you say hallelujah to that? Amen. That's something to rejoice about. Let me come to this last verse. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. And let's say this, by Jesus Christ our Lord. Aren't you thankful that sin can have an end to its reign? That death can have an end to its reign? That freedom can begin, but it begins. It begins when you receive Christ. It begins when you receive Christ. If you'll choose today to be honest with God's Word and honest with the work of the Spirit on your soul and your heart this morning, you cannot overlook this truth that I cannot bring myself to freedom. This church, this, this uh, you know, religion, or this church, or the pastor, or whatever, a priest, or sacraments... Uh, it, those things cannot change your eternal destiny. You can take communion until you're blue in the face. It does not change where your soul is heading. There's only one person that can change that. His name is Jesus. It's not Josh Owens. Josh Owens needs changed. And Jesus is the only one that could do that. You say, Brother Josh, that's all good and well. That's all good and well. Jesus is the one. He's the only one. It's freedom comes. But, but how do I receive? How do I get access? How do I gain access? Well, let's back up to verse 2. What point would it be to know where true freedom is found? That it is in Christ, but how do I gain access? Look at verse 2, and we're done. By whom also we have access by what? Faith. Into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Dear friend, there are people out there that will tell you, that all faith is a work. It is not a work, dear friend. It, faith is a receiving of someone's work. And my dear friend, you have faith. You have the ability. You've had faith all along. But where have you placed it? We have learned through this text that is in Christ alone that there is freedom. 
Because of what he's done for us on the cross. Paid our debt. Rose again. But how do I access that? How does it come to me? How do I receive it? How, do, how does my eternity change through Christ? We access that by faith. Faith alone. And Christ alone. And what did it say in that verse? In hope, the glory of God. You may not agree everything Martin Luther said, but I love what he said. He said, by faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. I can agree with that all day long. Christ alone. Ask yourself the question, where have I placed my faith? Has there been a moment in my history where I came to the end of myself? I admitted to Christ. I admitted from my heart to Him. I know I'm a sinner. I'm in bondage. I am wicked. I'm go- have you come to that honesty? And then have you confessed to Christ, I trust only you? Have you had that moment between your heart and God? Access is available. And that access is by your faith, trusting in Christ alone. How do you know that? Because I have, ac- I, I have received Christ. And it's only by my faith. And faith was not a work. Faith was something that God put in all of us a long time ago. And then he calls us to, to give us, hey, here's where you must put your faith. And it's in Jesus. Will you put your faith? That's something you must do. You must put your faith. It is a surrender. Not a work. A surrender. Have you trusted Christ? Alone? By faith. If you have, the Spirit of God dwells in you. And the Bible says where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. There's freedom. Let's stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment.